Morning again. Good morning. Good morning. Um, can you remember we were just talking, we were um, going through a study about getting a grip on our schedules and a life in balance. And we were focusing really on the four major areas. And the one thing that we need to remember is how we superimpose Christ on our life and our decision making and actually this process to achieve balance in life. Um, and quite often, when our life is out of balance, it's because we've taken our eyes off of our Lord. And we really don't understand His desire for our life. We may be very clear about our desire for our life. But we, even more so, we need to be very clear about His desire for our life. And please, let me tell you, don't fight it. I've had a lot of my life fighting the Lord and His desire for my life. And i got to tell you, He's one because I gave up. I have given up. And my wife will tell you, I am a transformed man. You know, we, had a, we had some guests at our house yesterday. And one of them, um, like me, is over 50. And if you know this person, this is a person who doesn't know how to stop. I mean, always going, always doing things. People are always depending on her, and she produces. But she said, after she hit 50, she learned the most important word in the dictionary, which is no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And she also learned how to prioritize. And she said she is so comfortable and so relaxed now because she knows and she's very comfortable being in the will of the Lord. And that's what's made the difference for her. And <clears throat> be aware that the enemy is always at work in our lives. And if he can keep us out of balance, he's winning. And last week, we looked at David. I mean, one of the great men in the Bible. And how just one simple decision in his life affects us even today as Pastor and I pointed out but had huge effects on the immediate generations right after him I mean huge and detrimental even to him and the one thing we need to remember yes we have a forgiving God but God forgives but we still have to live with the consequences of our actions you know and I think and when I thought about that during this week uh, thought of a murderer or a rapist or someone like that. His victim, let's say, forget about the murderer, because well, his victim can't do it, <laughs> but he's forgiven. Mm -hmm. But when the judge says, this is your sentence, he still has to serve it. Mm -hmm. But if he really understands what forgiveness is, and that's forgiveness from the Lord, that sentence he serves, he can do that to the glory of the Lord, and actually he can actually find comfort serving that sentence. And there are many prisoners who've, been, who've had lengthy sentences, even sentenced to capital punishment, who've come to a, a firm and true relationship with the Lord, and they've been able to deal with those sentences, and the Lord was glorified 
even out of them. And when you listen to their interviews, sometimes it brings tears to your eyes. How they actually, even in those last moments, they found they really found balance in their life and peace, because that's what balance brings. Balance brings peace. If you think of a scale, if it's out of balance, there is turmoil, there is all sorts of things. But when that scale is in perfect balance, nothing moves. There's peace. Um, and David just, I, you don't normally just do this, wake up in the morning and don't decide to go to work. But David decided he wasn't going to go to work. And that's what happened in 2 Samuel 11, 1-5. He just said to one of his wives, sweetie, I ain't going to work today. I can let the fellas deal with this. And the story that we went through dealt with all of the ramifications of not going to work that day. The king just decided, you know, he's got some special dispensation, so he don't have to work. Right? And first, you know, there's adultery, there's murder. I mean, it all. I mean, it sounds like a soap opera, doesn't it? Hmm. You know, all sorts of things happened as a result of, um, of 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 David not doing what he was supposed to. But in all of this, you also saw that God was still working. You know, God was still working. Can anybody remember any of the things that God was doing while David was going down this, what I would call, this downward spiral? And we said uh, Uriah was being used as, as an example of his faithfulness to the Lord. That's right. You know, even when we aren't obedient. God is still faithful. Mm -hmm. And we just need to... I think I may have told you this story before. You know, as children of God, you're never an outside child. He is always looking after your best interests. All you need to do is just wake up, open your eyes, and see God working. And David had all of those opportunities. And that happens to us every single day. When we make our choices, God is there with us. We just need to be able to see Him. It doesn't mean you just stop everything that you're doing and say, God, what are you saying to me? Because more than likely that won't happen. But He will bring things your way and He will cause you to straighten up and fly right like we like to say. Now, and if you ever want to hear about experiences in my life, I can tell you many of them when that's happened. And I've got to say this, believe it or not, the one, I think the greatest, um, the greatest example of God working despite whatever I want to do in my life is the wife that he gave me. And for some people it could be a, good, a friend, it could be a counselor, but there's normally, there's quite often someone that God sends with his message when you aren't listening. Okay? Now let's look at 2 Samuel 12, um, 1 to 14. Let's just pick it up from here, move quickly, and then we'll go on to the, to the, to the next one. 2 Samuel 12, 1 to 14. Okay, who can pull out this sword faster than me? The Lord sent Nathan unto David. 
He came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. Rich man that had exceeding many flocks and herds. But the poor man had nothing save one little new lamb which he had bought and nourished up. And it grew up together with him and with his children, and did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup, and lay in his bosom and was un as unto him as, unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wavering man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come unto him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said unto Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said unto David, Thou art the man, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I am going to be king of Israel, and delivered thee out of the hand of Saul, and gave thee thy master's house, and the master's wives unto thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had not been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised and condemned of the Lord to do evil in his sight. Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and have taken his wife to thy wife and has slain and has lain with and has slain with him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Sorry, my glasses aren't working. How many more? Okay, 24 more. You want me to finish? Now, wherefore the sword shall never depart from this, from thine house, because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I shall rise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before the, thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wife and in the sight of the sun, and not for thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thine sin, but thou, thou shalt not die. Albeit because of this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord, to blaspheme, and the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. Everybody heard that? Okay. Mm -hmm. you know, there are about 50 sermons just in those 14 uh, verses. And probably even more applications to our life today. <coughs> And it all has to do with the choices we make and the effect that it has on our life. I mean, okay, I, I know the many things that come to my mind as I read those verses. Does anyone want to, does anyone, would anyone like to volunteer? What came to their mind as they, as they read those verses? Go ahead, Shadwell. Well, me being a son of sometimes, 
I the, the words say you have done this secretly, but I will do this openly. When he he say it, it just show you that sometimes when the Lord deals with you, when you doing something, and the Lord may blow it up and may get even worse for you. Okay. And 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 and, and thinking is like uh, we think you making a mockery of God, and I bring that scripture verse to me and what says, uh, be not deceived. Because not more. Mm -hmm. Whatsoever man sow it, that shall be also reap. Yeah. Okay. Anyone else want to? Any particular impact as we read those verses? Because we will deal with um, exactly what Chadwell spoke about um, as we as we go through this. And as we go through this this this, this study discussion, think about. How this can affect the choices that we make and the way it works out in our life. I think for me, the thing it stands out is how easy it is for us to stand in judgment mm -hmm. of others. Oh yeah. If we are not convinced that we are the culprit. <laughs> oh yes. Because and David was ready to take the axe oh, yeah. to who had done such a thing. And it was very clear to him yeah. that it was wrong. It was wrong, yes. It was very clear to David that it was wrong. <clears throat> and, you know, I guess in, even in our human outlook, we would say, but what David did was so much worse. Mm. You know, and quite often, you know, we see this person doing this, or that person doing this, or the pastor doesn't show up to a particular service, and my goodness, time for excommunication. But what do we do? What are we doing? You know, um, this person may tell a lie, not that I support telling lies, but have we ever been dishonest? What do we do when we go through customs? You know, those sorts of things. And what do we base our choices on? Every single moment we have a choice. I have a choice whether I continue talking or I go through that door. Mm -hmm. That's a choice that I make. I may not think about it, but I'm making that choice. When I get up in the morning, the first thing I do, whether I hop out of bed or I kiss my wife, that's a choice that I make. And that will affect, as simple as that is, that can affect the rest of my day. Because, you know, if I kiss my wife, that would put her in such a mood that all kinds of things happen and I have a wonderful day. I just hop out of bed and my wife might look at me and say, well, it's like that, eh? Okay. And my day could be ruined. Um, but we have to be deliberate in the choices that we make. That's what I'm trying to, to get about. And quite often we make deliberate choices knowing that they're wrong. But we feel, you know, we can deal with the effect down the road. But the use of time is so important. It is so... Time is really even more valuable than our paycheck. You know, what we do with that time whether we get a paycheck or not, we can be using time. 
And we have to be very careful how we use our time. You know. And just going to a ridiculous thing. Let's, I'm just trying to think of the most ridiculous situation I can imagine. Um, I really shouldn't be eating pizza. Right? We had guests at our house yesterday. And guess what was the first? It was a potluck. And the first thing that came through the door was a huge Marco's pizza. I know that I said to myself, I'm not touching that. There were a lot of children in the house, so I said, I'll make sure those children have as much pizza. I'm sure they love the pizza. But there's pizza left in the box after the children ate the pizza. And the box, guess where it was? It was right in front of me. I exhibited great self control. Now there's this lady sitting two chairs next for me. And what did she have to do? Open the box, take out a slice of pizza, and take out a knife and fork and start eating the pizza. And I said, you know, why do people eat pizza with a knife and fork? And I just started thinking about pizza. The next, the, the next few words that proceeded from my mouth were, sweetie, any more pizza in the box? <laughs> and my dear wife said, yes, dear. And I said, dear, may I have a slice of pizza, please? And she took out the spatula, and out comes the pizza. Now, my wife was very disobedient, because I said, I would like a slice of pizza. Well, obviously, Marcos don't cut their pizza properly, because when she picked it up, there were two slices together. And she said, do you want both? And I said, well, I don't want to put you in any trouble. I'll just take both. I ate both. I woke up this morning with an upset stomach. And I was supposed to go to my father, but I went to my father this morning, but I was moving very slowly. And that's put my day way back. And then he sent me a text saying, I have to be to church at 9.15. I wasn't even home, I was still by daddy. So I just had to say, I kissed my mommy, tapped daddy on the head and said bye, got a dash. And to be quite honest, I disobeyed the traffic laws this morning. <laughs> and I really could have gotten in, in, a, in an accident and I wouldn't even have been here. It could have been totally different. Um, but. You just think about all the things that could have happened along the way. And to be quite honest, if I got here 10 minutes later, I'm sure Pastor Arnett would have allowed Shadwell to take the class. And y'all wouldn't have missed me. Y'all probably said, oh, great. For a change, we have a change. But we need to have perspective in life. We need to have self-control. You know, every little choice we make has a knock-on effect. We have guests coming to the house afterwards. I wasn't able to help Denise prepare the meal. So she did it all on her own. Now I know she's still going to love me and hug me and all sorts of things, but I've lost out on that time with my wife. Right? And I have no idea what she could have shared with me or what I've lost. It isn't that it's intentional, but I've lost that time. You know? And I knew I shouldn't have done it. All right? Now, when we make our choices, think about, please, for whatever we do, are they honoring to God? Um, 
we're doing and I really encourage everyone in this room if you have an opportunity and you haven't done it please do it for our devotions Denise and I we're doing the discovery series we started discovery 3 because that's all that was available at the time but we are on discovery 1 and when I started discovery 1 I thought man listen I know all this stuff it is so basic but my goodness I'm probably we're still actually in the first section and I'm learning so much just, just even about studying the Word of God. And I'm actually at Telios studying how to study the Bible. And I'm getting actually insights that I'm not getting at Telios from the Discovery Series. And I'll just tell you one of them. This is a digression, but I'll tell you because it really excited me. Um, they were talking about the epistles. Now how a lot of people like to go to, let's say Ephesians, and they go to Ephesians, and you see in 5, wives submit to your husbands, and husbands love your wives, and all that sort of stuff. But for you to really understand that, you need to understand the doctrine that comes before that, in like, say, the first three or four chapters of Ephesians. And I love the practice, but we need to take time to learn what God has to say to us, and why he's saying all these sorts of things. And to believe it or not, this was in Monday study, and... I actually had to test it, and it's so true. But nobody ever told me this. Those, that, this discovery series is, listen, it would transform your life. It really would transform your life. And if you can't come on a Wednesday, just get a group together and try and do it. If you want me to do it, I'll do it with you. But it is, I really recommend it highly. I know it was recommended to me highly, but until I actually made that commitment, I didn't really understand. To be quite honest, it's almost like a theology class. Sorry, it is a theology class that's down to earth. It is absolutely fantastic, right? David despised the word of the Lord. How do we despise the word of the Lord every day? <laughs> now, come on, please. Everyone, everyone does this. I. Pardon? I. I. Okay. I. 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 Sometimes a lot of times when we say I. That's when we get into a lot of problems with the Lord. Because you know, sometimes when we put ourselves first, instead of putting the Lord first, mm -hmm. you know, uh, for instance, like, I had a situation similar to yours yesterday. You know, I, 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 I iron up all my clothes. All my clothes iron what I can iron. Do you iron well? If I iron well? Yeah. Well, it's testimony of my ironing. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, after after I did that, I was tired and I decided to take a break. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I took that break, uh, I decided to get into some idle conversation. Now I had some other things I wanted to do that day. Okay. But talking like to talk, I talk and talk and talk. And then all those things that I had planned to do that day, I had to retire in the bed because I use up all my energy and now I'm sleepy because my eyes get sleepy while I'm still talking and I was feeling the sleep coming on, I'm still pushing the limits, you know, and that, 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 that set me off, that, it was sweet, it feel like getting off, you know, somebody call it a poison joy, you know, when you go in the sin, you seem to be getting a poison joy from it, mm -hmm. and then when you enjoy yourself, it don't feel like poison, but 
you, you know it's wrong, but you, you, start, you still begin from type one, hide, hide from it. Mm -hmm. and, then, oh, yeah. and then when you finish, and then when you finish the, you, 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 sometimes you're telling yourself, well, I could take the consequences. Uh, the consequences aren't going to be that much. And, you know, uh, when you see that, what the consequences are, then you start to regret. I should have used that time wisely, like you were saying. I should have used that time wisely. So, I see for the whole week, I pretty much gave myself to probably maybe a 85% uh, so. And I was feeling good on top of my game. But that one, that one night, I wanted to get up earlier this morning. I got up later and I felt the little effect from uh, the strain of pushing my body to the limit yesterday. And I made up my mind, say, man, I gotta try harder to do the right things. Because, because the reaction, they say that reaction is a reaction. You know, sometimes when we do an then we tend to take lightly of the reaction for the action we take it. Okay. Okay, that's good. How did David despise the word of the Lord when he. <clears throat> Um, in our in our initial um, story, when he was staying in the palace, how would you say? What did he do that indicated him despising the word of the Lord? Uh, Anything? You should, you should not desire your. You should not covet your neighbor's anything that's in your neighbor's wife. Yeah, you should not covet your neighbor's wife. Okay. All right. Anything else? So that he despised the word by disobeying the word. Yes. Because God already has the commandments that he disobeyed. Mm -hmm. He should have been on the battlefield, not in the house. Um, we can see what David did, right? He lusted after Bathsheba, acted on the lust. Um, he, he did not fulfill the, uh, the duties of a king. Okay. Now, what does that say about his attitude? He looked after his lust more than his, his, his responsibility to the governance of the country. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, because this goes on to the next question again. Do we despise the word of the Lord when we make our choices? When David stayed home, right, didn't go to work that day, notice we don't see any mention about Israel losing the war. Right? They actually win the war. Okay? So, I mean, was it okay for him to stay home? Because really, was he needed? Was the king needed there? I mean, he could just say, you know, I'm the king. I want my generals to have some experience, to get some glory. Let them go fight the war. But I think with that same war, they said, uh, they said that when Joab was, he, he called for the king to come, so at least they named the city after him. That's the same. The city of David? Yeah, where he said, I think Joab, when he was about to take the city, he called for David to come to defeat it, so he wouldn't get the glory and they named the city after him. Mm -hmm. So David had a role to play in that. Yeah, but remember the story that we had? David didn't go to work that day. He let his army and his generals fight the battles. 
because he was he was in the he was in the he was at home in the castle. And and and, and he had some real confidence in his people, his men, because as Chadwick said, the king is supposed to be the one that gets the glory. Correct. But Joab could have easily gone into the city and put the crown on it, the crown of the king that they were fighting against on his head, and he would have gotten the glory. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, but of course, David would not have appreciated that. Not so, at all. So, so, but he actually sent sent for David, as you said. Yeah. Say, come because you know we're gonna take the city, and we need you to to lead. Do, do the kingly thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But I mean, um, I don't know how many <laughs> you would be able to trust today None. if you put them in, <laughs> in that position. Well, you know? I, I really believe that people don't haven't changed over time. <laughs> the things we do, the things that interest us, might be. But our mindsets really haven't changed a whole, a whole lot. But David made a decision based on basically what's practical, what's okay, you know. And in today's um, era, you can look at David as the CEO of a huge company, right? There are certain things that are expected of the CEO. I mean, let's say even the prime minister. Right? Um, and we look at we look at at leaders, and we all, to be quite honest, are leaders in some sphere, our families or wherever we are. Right? We we have a leadership role, and we know what we ought to do as far as the Lord is concerned. And sometimes there's a conflict between what the Lord says and what the world says is practical, what makes sense. Don't be a fool or exercise um, good management. But we need to be able to distinguish between what the Lord requires of us and what the world encourages us to do. David did what the world encouraged him to do. Because I'm sure that there probably is, wasn't a man in his kingdom that would say David didn't have the right to do what he did. Or that he was wrong to do what he did. Because the army was winning. The people were getting good experience. The king was getting a rest. Everything was in place. But because David did what was okay and was practical, it started a fall in Israel. Actually, if it wasn't for a divine intervention, Israel would have been destroyed. Because David's, the generations after David, David's seed, did absolute foolishness. And the Lord said, as a result of what he did, what he's going to do to David's people. David suffered and also had his mountaintop experiences. But his descendants, <laughs> I mean, it's another study, but did absolute foolishness and actually would have ruined Israel if it wasn't for the Lord intervening. All because of David's practical approach to life. The times when you have to take a non-practical, sometimes so-called foolish decision 
to comply with what the Lord requires of us. But the, as you indicated, the Lord also said to him, because of this, the sword will never leave, leave. your house. That's right. And his own son ran him out of the kingdom. So I, 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 that was a result of disobedience. He disobeyed God, and here comes the consequences. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought it something came to my head. David committed the sin, him and Nathan. I mean, well, they, they took the old man, or the poor man's land, right? Okay, now that was a parable. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh, it was a parable. That was a, that was a parable. But, but it, it displayed what David did. Okay. Right. Because yeah, I was saying that between them, Nathan and there was arguing, did the old man get his? No, but uh, as yeah. you, as it says, David had all those wives and concubines, yeah, and he still went up, and he still went up this one man's wife. That's that's what is being shown, up. and that's why David said, you know. Uh, a man who do such a thing should surely die. And mm. right. um, Nathan said, you're the man. So the lamb wasn't killed? No, the, no. the, the, the <laughs> wife. But I mean, yeah. again, this is another, another that's direction. An that's, that's, another, that's another, that's but a sermon. Look at what God allowed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The wisest man that ever lived came from David. Not David only Bathsheba, Bathsheba. Yep. somebody else's wife. Now the first one, the, the, the adultery, he killed him. But the next son, the wisest man that ever lived. And if you ever want to <laughs> and talk Jesus, about foolishness, Jesus was in David's line. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You can look at the wisest man who ever lived and the mistakes that he made. He made. Because even when they talk about Ruth, Ruth was a Moabite. Moabite. Yes. Yeah. And even her lineage came out of, you know, that was. But Jesus came out of that lineage also. That's right. Yeah. So it's talking about some of the atrocities that happens and even frailties and uh, all the disobedience. God makes it right. You see it? Well, God's plan will not be frustrated. Right? We may frustrate ourselves. Okay? And I guess the one thing I want us to really appreciate is if we are in God's will, we will not be frustrated and we will find balance. You know, if you ask yourself this question, why is this happening to me? Why are these, what, what, what is going on? And we are honest and we look backwards. We could probably attribute it to something that we've done in our lives. And don't try to blame your parents or your brother or your sister. Look at the decision that you've made that's caused this to happen. The genesis of it, quite often, we can find in the choice that we've made. Where we've actually ignored the word of the Lord. It's almost like when your parents tell you, you make a bed, you have to die in a bed. You know, oh, yeah. you make some choices that you have to follow through because there's no other. And, and when you make the choice, 
don't always follow through with it because if it's a bad choice, be able to cut and start to conform. Doesn't mean that you won't have to deal with all the consequences, but you keep on going down that road, there'll be more and more consequences to deal with. And not only you, but your children also, and, even, and those that you love. Um, and that's what's happened with David. And the important thing, and I'll stop here, is do we despise the word of the Lord when we make our choices? It's because we aren't in consultation with the word, and I think that is where we fail all the time. If we have that relationship with God and, and the word, he guides him. He, 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 what do you call it? he directs you without... I think that's the, the failure that we experience in our life, and we do not have that our connection with him. I think that is where we fail. Oh, yeah. yeah. I say those three are normally the the predominant reasons why we make decisions for our comfort, our convenience, and tradition. And tradition, quite often, is what's expected of us, right? And that's not what's expected of us by God, but by man. by man. And the first two, I think, definitely influenced David in his decision-making and tradition to a certain extent because the king was able to do anything. Um, and so he allowed that tradition to influence his comfort and convenience and ultimately his decision. And that's what we do. And quite often, we, try, we say we're going to glorify the Lord, but we're going to glorify the Lord and at the same time, make sure that we're comfortable, we aren't inconvenienced, and we can always use the excuse of tradition, if that works. And if it doesn't work, we'll say we're non-traditional, we're thinking out of the box, so we don't have to do it. It's the motive behind everything. It's the motive. It's our attitude. No. Is our attitude one of glorifying Lord, the Lord, not ourselves? Or is it our comfort, and hopefully the Lord will be glorified once we're comfortable? Uh, I leave that for you to think about and deal with the rest because I probably have only one more session and I'll be done um, as our thought for the week what role does our comfort convenience and tradition play in our choices and do we despise the word of the Lord or do we want to be or do we want to elevate the word of the Lord in our lives let's just close in a word of prayer Oh, Father, we thank you again for your word and what it says to us, something new every day. Father, we pray, thank you for safety and your continued blessing on our lives. You have indeed blessed us abundantly and we give you thanks for this. Pray that now as we leave this place, that you would be with us, that we would be open to your guiding so that our lives would indeed be pleasing in your sight. And you'll be glorified in all that we do, say and think. Through Christ's name we pray. Amen.